Um, well, as you can see, uh, it's always a, a great pleasure for me, to be honestly, to get a chance to share with you guys. I, um, I do it with the youth group. None of the youths here. I got a couple here, which is great. I love that. But, um, you know, this is that time of year. Everyone's out on vacation. I just got back from, like, being away for, like, three weeks. Um, like I shared a couple weeks ago, my parents um, made the big move to Mexico. They, are, they packed up their stuff. And they headed out there. My my dad wants to enjoy my grandma. Um, she's in her late 80s. She's doing well. She's healthy. It was her birthday on the 16th. But he wants to spend as much time as he can with her now that he's retired from work and, and all that. And so it felt like, I, I think I felt like how he felt when I went to college. Because I went home and I said bye, helped them pack, and then I said bye to them. Um, and, but, you know, it's... With, with technology and stuff, we, we see them often online, and, and we're hoping to, to see them soon. But, yeah, they're gone. And like I said, it's just that time of year. People are coming and going. But I appreciate you guys for being here today. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have a very – I always ask Pastor Stewart, you know, what do you want me to share on? He's like, just open book. Just do whatever you – which is a lot harder sometimes. I was like, dude, give me a topic. That way I can base it off of um, – but he's like, no, man, just whatever's on your heart. And I was, you know, should I do something Christmas-related? Should I, uh, you know, what should I touch on? And what we've been going through with the youth group is uh, just the parables of Jesus. Um, and so I touched on this parable a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I felt like it could be expanded even even more. So if you have your little note card there, I mean, you guys can follow along. You guys want to take some notes it's very simple. It's a short message, I, I think. Um, I titled it The Give and Take. Um, very popular phrase. I'm sure you've all heard it, right? You got give and take um, in a relationship, in any kind of uh, friendship that you have. Um, you know, why give and take? You know, uh, sometimes it's necessary to make things work. Uh, I, I work at a cafe for Google where I kind of oversee about 30 employees as a head chef there. Um, and sometimes, more often than not, I have to learn to pick my battles with 30 people with different attitudes, emotions, and, and their style of work. Um, I have leads that are under me that come up to me often with uh, reports, I guess we could call it, of this guy showing up late, this guy's not working, this guy's not. And oftentimes, they, they feel frustrated with me sometimes because they don't see me take action. They don't see me take action how they want me to take action, and so I have to reassure them. Once you get to a position like mine, you have to learn where to go, how to speak to them, give and take. Um, you guys are unionized, so my hands are a little tight, a little bit more. But, you know, these are all things that you guys have to consider. I know sometimes, you know, as employees, it's easy for them to just get these guys, fire them, you know, discipline them, do something. And uh, I have to be very smart, wise, um, you know, kind of um, talk to my managers and blah, 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 and then we come to an agreement and then we take, whether it be disciplinary actions or just a conversation. Sometimes, like I said, I have to really, you know, hold myself down and say, okay, I'm going to let this slide so that we can move forward in this area or I'm really going to take action on this so that the cafe as a whole isn't affected. So there's just a lot of those things. And I'm sure in every relationship, whether it's a marriage, friendships, um, 
there are, you know, battles we can fight. Um, there are hills that if you want to die on that hill, then that's up to you. Um, but there are things that we as, you know, now that I've been with Lay for 10 years, we've been married for about seven, we're going to be eight in January. I've learned to do that. I've learned to, all right, honey, you win this one. And very little, I get a few victories here and there, but I do get some because we've, we've come to, to, to recognize what are the things that we can compromise on and, and say yes or say no. And, and so um, that's kind of why I titled it now, The Christian Walk is Not That Different. Um, we cannot preach a gospel of all blessing with no sacrifice. Um, you can't preach a, a, a gospel that just teaches us that we can be in this relationship without giving up a few things in our lives, whether they be attitudes, habits, mindsets, um, old friendships that we might have to kind of draw back from, influences. Uh, and so I remember growing up, I have three brothers, um, pretty big family, three brothers, four of us total, and my parents. And uh, every once in a while, not too often, but every once in a while, my my mom and dad would make a great effort to take us out to eat to McDonald's or Burger King or something like that, right? And, um, we, you know, we'd all go, and every time we'd go, uh, we'd, we'd ask for the, the kid's meal, the happy meal, whatever, with the toy. And then my dad would tell us, do you want the toy or do you want to eat? And when I was a kid, I couldn't understand. I was like, Dad, that's so unfair, you know? Um, but we'd always pick the meal. I will take a burger. And he'd buy a few dollar burgers, a few fries, and then we'd all sit down and eat. Now that I'm older, I understand that it was a financial decision from his part. He made a great sacrifice to take us and, you know, eat out once in a while. Um, and so I, I was able to, from an early age, learn that there are things that I can have to say no to, to in order to get something else. And I, I learned that lesson at a young age. Um, and now that I'm applying it to my kids once in a while, right? You want this or do you want that? It can't be both. You have to learn to compromise because life is going to get you to a point where it's like you want to go down this way or you want to go down this way. You want to make this decision that will take you down this way or so on and so forth. And so it's, um, it's fun to see them. You know, I'm sure kids, you know, people with parents, their parents, you see their, your kids get to that point and make a decision and and so it's it's fun to see them decide even though we can sometimes just give them everything they want but I'm like no let's let's make a decision here and so I titled it like I said the give and take uh, because that's what we're going to be looking at today what are some of the things that the Lord sometimes asks us um, to give up um, in order to receive or to take uh, what he has in store for us um, and it's a simple uh, parable, um, Matthew 13, verses 45 and 46. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for, uh, looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Um, so as we look at this story, we look at this, uh, just a quick illustration of a merchant, right? Uh, someone who dedicated their lives to perhaps buying and selling pearls. Um, I have a friend, a coworker, who, who, who buys and sells uh, cards, baseball cards and 
for a while Pokemon cards came back in style and and he was he, he you know during the quarantine people didn't know what to spend their money on and so like the card game went up and he was always talking to me about it dude he, he was always so excited about it and he dedicated himself at least during the pandemic uh, to do this to the point where he would recognize cards and this one has a little dent on it. it's not that valuable this one's not as good as this one this is the rating on this one so he got pretty good at identifying the valuable cards um, and obviously buying and selling. And so when I read this story, I, I saw the merchant uh, doing the same thing. Uh, I'm sure this guy dedicated his life to going around buying pearls, jewelry. And I would like, I mean, it doesn't say it, it's a very short story, but I would like to assume uh, this specific merchant was very experienced in his field. Um, he knew how to recognize something valuable, something fake. Um, and when he saw this specific pearl, he saw something different about it. Uh, in our lives, oftentimes I want to say that because of our life experiences and what we're going through, uh, oftentimes we might be unimpressed with what life has for us. Um, sometimes we miss the beauty of life or we miss um, uh, the good things because of all that we've seen. Um, we might see something of value and devalue it ourselves. Um, and what I want to encourage you guys today is to understand that this specific pearl, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is uh, the most valuable thing, most valuable thing that we can come across. Um, when we experience the kingdom of God, His presence, it becomes something incomparable. I want to say, um, this man, like he said, he he he. I'm sure he'd come across all sorts of pearls. But this one specifically um, kind of spoke to him, I guess you could say. Um, and he saw something in this one that made him sell everything he had in order to afford it. Um, so the first part, the first point that I wrote down here is the give. Uh, what are we willing to sell, you could say, in that point, or give up uh, in order to have this? Now, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about working for that. That part's been taken care of uh, thanks to Christ. Uh, we come to understand what salvation is when we accept Christ and we enter into this family. Um, but there are other levels and other areas in our life that God wants to take us to if we so choose to. Um, some of us might be content with the Sunday service and just, you know, I accepted Christ back in 97. And now I'm just, you know, kind of going through it. Um, and I, again, if, you know, you have your personal walk with, with, with Jesus, but there are so many, like I said, other areas, other levels that God wants to bring us to if we so choose to partake in. God is never going to force us to, to climb higher if, again, we don't want to. Um, but uh, what I want to refer to in this specific example, again, is not salvation, it's it's entering his kingdom and being part of his kingdom um, and being participants in his kingdom. Um, and so one of the few things that, um, that I've seen uh, growing up in my personal life and, and just in Christian life in general is, is that um, there are a few things that I, you know, I'm sure there's a list of things that you can say about yourself. I can say about myself of things that 
we would like to change or God to take, just take it away from us or make us this way. Um, but I read a few, a few bullet points um, for myself of things that I feel we must kind of get rid of, give up, or to use this specific example, sell. Um, um, and so one of the first things that I want to point out is um, unforgiveness in our lives. Um, unforgiveness is one of those things that kind of holds us hostages when we are holding on to it because we may very well feel that someone owes us something. Someone owes me an apology. Someone owes me, uh, you know, uh, they have to come up to me and tell me. And we hold on to these uh, feelings hoping that, I don't know, some, somehow it might affect them. Um, but it just holds ourselves hostage. Uh, throughout Scripture, we see this dynamic of giving and receiving, uh, giving and taking. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, very much towards the end, says that very beautiful phrase, and forgive us our trespasses. And it doesn't end there. It gives that clause, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, the Lord's Prayer pretty much could have ended in that part. Lord God, just forgive me my trespasses, forgive me my sins, forgive me the, you know, the things I do against you. But it decides to give you that little part there, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so I want to encourage you today, maybe, maybe think about it, reevaluate yourself. Um, it might be someone sitting next to you that you need to forgive. It might be someone at home, someone close, um, might be an old friendship. And it doesn't necessarily mean reigniting or, 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 or I, I always say this off to the youth group sometimes, it doesn't always mean becoming friends with these people again. If, if something happened where trust was broken, but in your heart, letting that situation go, letting that, that, that hurt go will help you out. Um, because, you know, I've, I've had them ask me, so does that mean I have to go be friends with? I say, no, it doesn't mean you have to go and be friends, but it, it's just letting go of that unforgiveness that will hinder you and bring you down. Uh, second part, unrepentance. Um, I myself have been guilty of that. Um, we all fall short. Uh, we all sin. We all come up short to, you know, um, from our own expectations. You know, I, I remember after the, when the quarantine hit, seems like yesterday, but it was a couple years back, I was going to learn to play the bass. I was going to learn to, you know, I was going to get on Java, start programming. I was going to do so many things and I did nothing. I gained weight and I, you know, and just stayed indoors and as much as I, and so I fell short of my expectations and then I returned one day, I woke up and they were coming back to work and I was like, dude, I wasted my, this, it looked, it was, again, it was, you know, tragic for a lot, but it was like a great opportunity to do a lot of things to, you know, better myself, read books and, and I didn't do much. And so I fell short, and I was bummed out and, 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 and all that. And so sometimes we fall short of our own expectations um, that we have for ourselves, you know, in our walk with God, in our family, as husbands, as sons, as, you know, whatever, wives. Um, but the, the, the point here that I want to say is that we have to learn to admit him, grow from him, and then aim to walk in the Spirit, right? Um, the problem we have oftentimes is, the mistake is staring us in the face, and you know we're not willing to admit it. We're not willing to say, 
I'm sorry, we're not willing to say this was my mistake. Oftentimes I've caught people at the workplace not doing you know, safe practices and dude, I saw you. I, I, I literally saw you. No, that wasn't me. I, I, no, I was, I was doing this and I, I saw you. And it's, it's so funny how human nature works. It's like you have witnesses, people are seeing you and you're still in this room admitting that it wasn't you that it, you know and so we we kind of it's i don't want to say it's probably human nature just that to kind of like shrink in in ourselves and, and say no this i was right you were wrong and i'm not going to admit it um our ego our pride takes a hold of us um so giving that up is a key uh component i would say for this walk that we have with christ why because we oftentimes have to come to him and say, Lord, I am sorry. And if we can't do that, then we won't have room to grow. Because if we can't see our mistakes, if we can't see our shortcomings, or if we, which a little worse, if we can see them and decide to ignore them, then this relationship will not grow to the next level. The Psalm uh, 138 says it very clearly, the Lord is exalted. He attends the humble, but the arrogant he sees from afar. Um, again, the, the scriptures are, are, are just filled with, with, with people who, who humbled themselves, who, who, who asked for forgiveness and received it, who, who asked for help and received it. Um, and lastly, one of the things that we can give um, is obedience. Now, I know that oftentimes we hear that just Listen to the Lord and everything will be great. Just walk with the Lord and this is going to be a peachy walk. And, and, sometimes, it, it, and sometimes it's not. I, I heard this great uh, podcast and this, and this uh, pastor was talking about it and he said, obedience doesn't always equal happiness. Um, it doesn't. And it just took me back to this verse, uh, this other parable that Jesus gave, right, of uh, the father with two sons. Um, he has two sons, and I saw myself pictured and my younger brother pictured there, Heido. And some of you guys know Heido, some of you guys don't. Um, and, and, and Jesus is sharing this, and he, and he tells the story to the people who are listening. He says, there's a man you know, with two sons. To one, he tells them, I need you to go and do this. Go take care of the fields, blah, blah, blah. Go out there and just, you know, go do yard work. That's what my dad used to tell us. And one of the sons, the first one, said, yeah, Dad, got you. I'll be right back. I'm going to take care of that. No worries. You're the best. I'll be right back. Takes off. Doesn't do anything. The second one calls him over. I need you to go over there and tend the flocks. Boom, boom, boom. Here's your list. Go take care of that. The second one begins to complain. Why always me? Why are you always telling this? You have three other kids. Why are you always putting this on me? Yet he goes and does it. And then Jesus asks, who do you think is the obedient one? The one who praises dad and told him, I'll be right back. I'm going to take care of it. Or the guy who actually went and did it. And so in our lives, God oftentimes asks us to take care of some business. Um, it might be these first two points, unforgiveness, ungratefulness. It might be just, you know, dealing, spending more time with him, whatever it is. And the obedience part is what he wants. 
Um, like I said, obedience over sacrifice is what he desires. Not so much, yes, God, I got you, don't worry about it, but doing it. And, and that's sometimes the difficult part, the doing part. Um, like I said, uh, I saw myself pictured in that parable. Uh, my dad telling me, go do this yard work, and I was the one who would, I got you, dad, I'll be right back, don't worry about it. <laughs> Heido was the one who would complain often, and he would do it anyways. Um, and, you know, not that he's now a pastor, Heido. Um, my, my, he worked alongside, I always saw it really funny because they would always butt heads because their, their personalities were very much alike. I'm pretty much like this, very talkative, very, hey, how's it going? How does a little, he's talkative, but he's a little more serious. Let's get down to business. What are we doing? And my dad is the same way. And he started working alongside my dad and they would always butt heads. And, you know, and at the end of it all, when my dad retired, um, his happiest moment, he told his congregation, was that he essentially is having Heidel take over the church as his senior pastor. Um, after, you know, talking with, you know, Assemblies of God and making sure everything was right, he was able to kind of just hand him the, the reins, and he felt so happy to, to leave knowing that his congregation was in good hands. Um, even though Haida was that son that was always complaining, but he would do it. And, 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 it, and for me, it was like I said, it was a great example of obedience. He had to submit himself to not only his dad, but his pastor, and, and things worked out. Um, I think things are working out for me, too, a little bit. But I got better at, you know, of, at doing. Um, and so just like I said, let's think about this, um, you know, bring this to, to, to your heart. What, what, what areas, Lord, do you need me to finally just say, yes, Lord, I'm going to go, go through with it. I'm going to follow through. Um, what areas... Do we need to, like I said, these just these two points on forgiveness, on repentance, maybe in our lives? Um, these are the areas I, I need to sell off, Lord. I need to get rid of to be able to, to come into this um, kingdom. And again, this isn't salvation. We'll talk a little bit about the kingdom in a little bit. Um, second point, the take, give and take. Uh, we know that God has um, more for us than we can imagine or we can pray for. Um, he has things in store for us that, like I said, there are times in my life where I was like, Mary, how is this going to happen? How is this, how is this going to be? Um, where I myself could not see myself making it through a situation because I was thinking of my own strength, of my own capabilities, of my own, you know, you know, my own wits. But God made a way. He, he put people in my life. He opened doors um, that I, at the end of it all, had to say, though, this isn't. I had nothing to do with this. I just had to walk in it. Um, and so we have a quick, uh, a quick story again um, for this take part. Um, Nicodemus. Um, Nicodemus was a was a priest, right? A high priest, and uh, not high priest, but he was a he was part of the of the. Sorry, yeah, how do you say it? Sanhedrin. So we, we know who Nicodemus was. Um, he was a religious leader of the time. Um, he comes to Jesus in the nighttime to talk to him about, you know, he says something very powerful every time I read this passage. He says, we know you are, you know, from God. 
we know that you come from God. So there was a council that was divided in that sense. Some of them were opposed to Jesus. Some of them maybe didn't want to admit it openly because that meant, you know, banishment, getting kicked out of the religious group. But Nicodemus comes to him and tells him, we know that you are from God because of the signs that you do, because of the things that you say. No one else could have done this if they weren't sent by God. And so uh, he asks him, you know, Jesus you know, has this conversation with him, and he kind of lays out what the kingdom is, the kingdom of God is, right? Um, and he tells him, you know, you have to be born again in order to see the kingdom. And in order to enter the kingdom, this is in John 3, uh, you have to be born of the Spirit and of water, which means baptism. Um, once we do these things, this, is, uh, this allows us to become participants and witnesses of the kingdom. Um, so when we decide to make that decision of saying, Lord God, I know most of us at one point or another made a decision to say, to confess and say, Lord, you are Lord over my life. Um, you are, you know, you know, I confess my sins, you know, sinner's prayer, you could say, right? And accept lordship, uh, his lordship over our lives. This enables us, you could say, to see the kingdom of God. How so? By seeing it in a community of faith. You see it spread, you see it, um, you know, you see it operating. But in order to enter it and be participants of it, uh, not just like I said, by doing things, but by actually having that relationship with him. We have to be born of the spirit and of water, which again is the baptism. Um, and this allows us to participate. Um, the, the kingdom itself is it's helping people outside of these walls, um, spreading the gospel, um, helping people out of their pain, their sin, I've seen, you know, people break addictions. I've seen people just uh, turn a new leaf in their lives, um, enter into salvation. Uh, that is the kingdom. Being able to break darkness and bring light into people's lives, bringing hope and desperation. Um, that is the kingdom. And that's what God wants us to continue to expand. And we can um, either continue our time, how, how would you say, uh, on the bench, or we can say, Lord God, put me in the gang, coach. You know, I'm ready to come in. Um, I remember playing soccer for my college team. Um, coming off the bench sucked because I wanted to be a starter. Um, but um, I remember my, my coach, this is a little side story, my coach would tell us, man, Gio, look, there are starters, there are subs, and there are you know, practice players. You guys all have an integral part of this team. You know who the starting 11 is, and then the guys who come off the bench just support us, either take us to victory or hold on to that win. And then there are guys who are just good enough to be part of that practice squad that helps these guys, you know, get the wins every time or, you know, this and that. So don't be discouraged. Um, so we had that conversation, I remember, and in and, and, and my last few years of, of, of playing. But after that, I, I valued my time every time I came off the bench. I was like, all right, I'm coming off to kind of help us get to this win and, and get there. But it was always a, a joy for me to just, like, come off the bench and get in there. I still wanted to be a starter. But um, 
this is all to say, you know, how are we going to take action in this, in this kingdom? Um, whether it be through our small community that we have here. I know, you know, you guys, whether it be here on Sundays, the Guatemala trips, the, the shoe boxes that we fill on the, on the thank, on Thanksgiving, you know, finding those areas of, of where can I connect to be a participant of this at school, at work? How can I bring that light? How can I bring this message to the people outside? Um, he wants to, you know, give us the tools in order to do this. And like I said, God always has more for us than we can ask for. Um, and again, one of the main things that he has for us is his spirit. Um, he promised us his spirit um, to guide us, to help us, so that when things get rough, um, he'll guide us through it. Um, the last point I put down here is the peace. Um, when we let go of ourselves, um, we sell those things like this merchant did uh, that hinder our growth. Uh, we obtain so much more. Uh, sometimes we hold on to, like I said, to grudges or hatred because we feel like someone owes us something. Um, when we let go of these things, um, that empowers us. So the last part, like I said, I put is the peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts. Uh, when we come to a point in our lives where we say, Lord, I am letting go of these areas because I want to obtain this that you have for us. I want to walk in your commands. I want to walk in your blessings. I want to receive what you have for me. Um, I want to assure you that you will obtain those things. Whatever they are to help you get through specific areas of your life. Um, so I want to say, uh, look inward. Uh, what areas do we need to sell? To sell, you know, uh, uh, and can we uh, be like this merchant who, when he saw this pearl, uh, recognized that it was uh, the most amazing thing that he could co- he could have come across? Um, value um, your community, whether it be uh, your local church, um, your brothers and sisters. Um, you know, pray for the people who are out there um, um, spreading the, the gospel. Um, I joined this, um, it's like a newsletter of um, just uh, of, of um, missionaries around the world um, that are, you know, in different parts of Africa and Middle East, Turkey, um, and they are doing what we are called to do um, at a global level. Um, some of them experience hardships physically and threats. Um, but overall what the newsletter says is of each individual one is um, just the joy they feel from being able to participate and take part in the spread of the kingdom. Um, and we too can feel that same joy. Sometimes I, you know, bum myself out because I'm like, man, I'm not a missionary. I'm not out there in Africa. I'm not out there doing all these things. And the Spirit tells me, well, more reason, man. <laughs> You're not out there. You, you can do that easily now. You know, what are you worried about? What someone's going to say about you? What someone's going to think about you? That's probably your biggest worry. Um, share what God has put in your heart. And so that's, those are one of the things that, you know, like I said, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit tells me. You know, have courage. Speak what the Lord has, you know, instructed you and, and, and live in a way that will be an example for others. And so, I, like I said, I want to encourage you guys today with that. Um, 
look inward, say, Lord, what areas, Spirit, talk to me, tell me what areas I need to kind of work on, what areas I need to just kind of give up to you, and, um, you know, help me walk in this and be, uh, you know, participant of, of your kingdom. Um, so I just want to close out in prayer. I want to thank you guys all again for coming, everyone online for, for tuning in, if there's anyone out there. Um, enjoy the rest of the holidays. Um, like I said, enjoy your families. And, uh, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure to be able to share a little bit of what has, you know, God has put in my heart. Um, and so, yeah, I'll close out in prayer, and then we'll, we'll have lunch. I know it's a little early. Sorry, Caesar. Um, but, you know, yeah, we'll close out in prayer, and then, you know, we can head out and just hang out a little bit. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for everyone who was able to make their way out. Um, uh, I thank you for your word, Lord. That always has something for us. Um, and I truly believe that this message, um, when I kind of was writing it down, was firstly for myself. And so, Lord God, I just want to say if there are areas in my life that I'm still trying to hold down on and hold on to, um, that your spirit may reveal that to me. And so that I may say, Lord God, I'm giving them up in order to pursue this that you have for us. And so just be with us the rest of the week. Um, guide us and, you know, be that small, still voice that we can hear throughout the week when we are in the wrong, when we need to ask for forgiveness, when we need to, Lord God, accept our mistakes, that your Holy Spirit might remind us, guide us, and, and just show us what, um, how to navigate and what decisions to make. Uh, I thank you for everyone today, and especially Maria, for another year of life that you've, you've given her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Thank you. Yeah.